Hello, and welcome into the Ringerverse from the Ringer. My name is Mallory Rubin. And I'm Van Latham. Mal, before we get started, does anyone want to know what the Ringerverse is? The Ringerverse is one podcast feed with multiple shows on all things superheroes, nerd culture, and fandom entertainment. Instant reactions to new releases, theory breakdowns, fun takes on the latest news, and more. Whether you're a casual fan or an obsessive like us, our shows are worthy of all your fandom needs. So head to the Ringerverse and follow the show now on Spotify. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Korolbeck. We are going to go through waivers today, all the players you should add to your teams, and obviously, showdown time. I can't do it as well as you, Craig. No one can. (laughs) No. But first, we have injuries to get to. Wow, a lot of injuries. Not a lot of clarity, though. Usually, we get clarity on Mondays. Today, it's just like still like murkiness, but we're going to go through it anyway. All right, number one, Andy Dalton. Quarterback for the Chicago Bears, knee injury, bone bruise, borderline ACL, who knows, but it seems unlikely-ish that he's going to play DK. First of all, we've been telling people that Justin Fields all season, but first off, mm. if Dal- let's say Dalton doesn't play this week, obviously you're going to add Justin Fields if you- he's yeah. on your waivers. Would you play Justin Fields this week if Andy Dalton is out? Is he a top 12 option? Hmm. Man, that's tough. I think so, and the reason is because if you watched him yesterday when he when he came in in relief, um, I don't have the numbers exactly right in front of me, but I want to say he threw it like ten times and he ran like ten, or he threw it like twelve times and he ran like ten. So he he was scrambling plenty, um, and of course that is exactly what you're looking for, you know, from a dual threat quarterback. That's why it's so important in fantasy. It's why we rely on these guys with uh, you know so little experience and maybe honestly, like just straight up bad passing stats. It's because they're rushed. It's because of what they can do on the field. So he had 13 pass attempts. He was 6-13 to 13 for 60 yards. Had a really pretty egregious interception. And then he had 10 rushes for 31 yards. Um, I just think, just picture Jalen Hurts last year. You know, his passing numbers weren't strong. But he he brings so much on the ground, and in the red zone particularly, uh, that I think he's worth a start. Now, I don't know if you, if you're conservative, you might want to just wait one week and see how it goes. But there's always the chance too that he's going to get, you know, that that uh, Dalton's going to come back the week after because the Bears seem like really just stridently in favor of starting Justin uh, of starting Andy Dalton all season. I don't know why, but um, you know, if this isn't a long term injury, then you might kind of miss your shot. So he's he's a guy I would say like is a good streamer if you don't have better options. But um, 
I, I, I'm not like a hundred percent confident in this this week. Fields had 60 passing yards. It was super deceptive. Al Robinson dropped like a 30 yard touchdown. Darnell Mooney dropped like a 20 yard pass that was right in his hands. Fields actually, I mean, he had four kind of like rookie mistakes, a pick, a, a yeah. strip sack. Yeah, he, he, he did the clapping thing too many times, like the Kyler Murray did last year, where like you just clapped too much. He got called for full start. But like he also had, yeah. he also almost doubled his passing yardage on like two plays that weren't really his fault. So I thought he looked great. Are you confident that the Bears can? Can you use him properly and the play calling will be there? I actually am. I don't know about you, DK. I mean, I have very little faith in Nagy at this point, to be totally honest. Um, that could change, though. I mean, I, I'm open to changing my mind on that based on how they use him. But right now, it's just this whole song and dance about, about Dalton being better is just, I'm over. I'm done with it. It's like so annoying. Dalton hasn't looked good to me at all. But they're backing um, away from it. And also, he's hurt. Like I Look, it's too early in the week to speculate, but I don't think, right? I guess I just speculate right now, but I don't think Andy Dalton got, my gut says, like, Andy Dalton will play this week. I do think if Fields plays, I think he's actually going to be pretty good out the gate. You don't have to start him immediately, but if you've had Trevor Lawrence or Ryan Tannehill, these guys who have just been, like, blowing it for you, I think, like, like Stafford's been good, but, like, the back-end quarterbacks, I think you can roll with the dice with Fields. Like, what do you have to yeah. lose? I agree. So the only thing I would typically, I would totally agree with you. They are playing Cleveland next week at Cleveland. Very good pass rush. Um, there's two sides of the coin here because on one hand, I think the one thing he's not done well at yet, and, and this is like a big worry is just identifying pressure. Like everybody made a big deal about how he got totally, you know, his head taken off in preseason. And then Tom Brady later came out and said that was his own fault. Cause he didn't set the protections right and stuff. Um, I think that's been like sort of the one main concern with him so far. And that's like a normal thing for a rookie quarterback. They just have to figure all that stuff out. Um, he hasn't done a good enough job of protecting himself. So I could see him get sacked a whole bunch, but also at the same time on the other side of the coin, like maybe that just means he's scrambling all, all game and actually it ends up being good for fantasy. But regardless, so, it means ad fields if he's available and if he's not, yeah. then congrats if you have him. Okay. Next Carson Wentz sprained both ankles. Nice. According to Ian Rappaport. Impressive. I have sprained both of my ankles before. Not at the same time, but... How do you even walk at that point? Do you just ride around in a wheelchair? It, are you not... If you're limping on both legs, is that just considered not limping? You're just walking. You're just walking? I gotta be honest. Patrick Mahomes always looks like he's walking on two sprained ankles. You ever seen Patrick Mahomes walk? Like, on <laughs> he the sidelines? He walks like he has... A, yeah. Like, one shoulder's higher than the other or something. <laughs> well, no. It's, they said... Did you catch yeah. that Tony Romo or Nance, one of them, said that when... Oh, no, they were doing the other game. Whoever was announcing the Chiefs... Oh, it was Sunday Football. The Collinsworth and them were saying that when he was running in the Super Bowl, his toe injury meant that he had to ball his toes mm. to run in that game. And remember, he ran like 400 yards or something behind the line of scrimmage. I feel like he walks like that all the time. I know. That's what I'm saying. Isn't that normal? Anyways. <laughs> it, it's very weird. Wentz now actually has two sprained ankles. I don't think anyone has Wentz on their fantasy teams in one quarterback leagues, but this is tough for Michael Pittman. And basically all Colts fantasy relevance if Jacob Eason has to play for any extended stretch. I mean, Pittman, I think, is a pretty easy bench if Jacob Eason is the starter. Also might be tough for Jonathan Taylor. We'll just check in on Wentz if he even ends up playing this week. We'll see. We can check in on that later this week. Also, Tua Tungovailoa just has a rib injury for the Dolphins, but still mm. don't know if he's going to play. So that would obviously be annoying. We will check in on him later this week, but it wasn't more serious than that. Tyrod Taylor... Texans quarterback, he's day to day with hamstring injury. They're playing on Thursday night, though, so like we'll see if he can play. But it might be Davis. No, he's Mills. out. I'm pretty sure he's. Is he already ruled play. out? Okay, Deshaun Watson will not be playing that game. So it is Davis Mills against the Panthers D. So spoiler alert: you can stream the Panthers D. This is such a weird like week. It's a weird Monday because there's like a million quarterbacks hurt, but none of them are fantasy starters. 
you know? Exactly. And it's like, it tangentially affects all the receivers under them, but we don't have answers yet. I'm like, should you play Jalen Waddle? Well, is Jacoby Brissett playing for the Dolphins or Tua? Like, we don't know. So we kind of just have to circle back on all this. Yeah. We don't really have any answers. Speaking of not having answers, the Niners running backs. Remember all three of their running backs got hurt yesterday? <laughs> yeah. That was cool. Super chill. Sheesh. So Elijah Mitchell left with a shoulder injury. And then Jamichael Hasty had an ankle injury. Apparently, it's a high ankle sprain. And then Trey Sermon got one carrying guy concussion. And Elijah Mitchell basically had to go back in. Yeah, he did return. Yeah. So if you, sp- you, sp- you bid all your fab or you used your uh, waiver priority on Mitchell, he seems to be all right. He's day-to-day with the shoulder. Hasty's going to be out a while. It's a high ankle sprain. That's going to be like definitely a multi-week absence, maybe a month. Sermon, we have no idea. But right now, I think Mitchell, it's like you're all right. He's a starting running back. And oddly in a better position now in a way. Well, I mean, obviously the injury is a concern, but yes, he has like it seems now that he has less competition for snaps. They bring they who are they bringing in? They're bringing in Duke Lamar Johnson, Miller. Duke Johnson, Lamar Miller, Lamar Miller, and uh, oh my god, for workouts. What other washed up guy that I had forgotten existed until Chef tweeted it? The Raider, the Ravens have all of them at this point. So <laughs> Ravens quartered. The I don't know how that's going to go. Well, I mean, I feel like you should spend one hundred percent of your fab money on Duke Johnson because he's the greatest running back ever, right? <laughs> I don't think I don't is think this is so an old anymore. bit of ours uh, that I don't I'm remember. No, every fantasy analyst for like there was like a two year stretch where everyone was like David John or Duke Johnson is so much better than David Johnson or Duke Johnson is so much better than Lamar Miller. He was always he was like the Tony Pollard of like 2018, and everybody was convinced he was just better than every running back who was starting ahead of him, and that didn't really work this out. This is a little niche for me, but yeah, sure. Don't actually he was, get he, Duke Johnson. Yeah. Craig is absolutely right. He was like the fantasy analyst's like favorite yeah. running back. Point being, Elijah Mitchell is going to be all right. Daryl Henderson for the Rams also has a ribs injury. Mm. Don't know if he's going to miss time. Mm. I, I, generally speaking, ribs, it's kind of like a pain tolerance thing, which, you know, it's just your running back. It's fine. It's just like 11 dudes trying to hit you in every play. Like, it's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, they don't take hard hits at yeah, all. Yeah, they're playing don't the box defense. I don't even know if they have anyone good. So it's And the like, crappy thing about this is when Sony Michelle was traded to the Rams, he was pretty much picked up immediately by the majority of leagues. Like, two-thirds of leagues yeah. already have Sony Michelle. So if you have Daryl Henderson, there's really nothing you can do if he sits in terms of getting his backup. I still think Sony the second half of the season, Sony Michelle is like a top fifteen running back. Like I think Sony Michelle will will need like a like a month ish, maybe more to integrate, but that w- eventually he will have this job and be really insanely valuable. Have you guys thought that? Yeah. Have you looked? Have you watched Henderson individually and, and thought anything of it? Like, has he looked good? Has he looked bad? What do you, what, what's good, your thought on that? Yeah, has fun. he gone three weeks without? I, I mean, a rib injury. I, here's the thing: when the questionable designation goes away, it's not like they're just better. He's just playing through it. Like this ribs problem will just, just be there all the year. Yeah. Highly unlikely it gets better. It's just like you just manage the pain each week. So that right there, he's probably not going to be able to have as big of a snap count as you want because of, you know, the bruised ribs, which protects all your internal organs. It's fine. And it's they are important. playing the Bucks this week. Yeah. So it's okay. Yeah, that's a fade regardless. It's also not so, like, yeah. you know, Sue and them know he is ri- it's it's okay. It's, it's fine. I it's not great. It's tough for Daryl Henderson, but we'll see if he plays. Other one, Jarvis Landry, he left. Literally after two snaps, I think one snap, two snaps. He had a sprained MCL. He is week to week. My God, DK. So Odell is not playing right now with two weeks. <laughs> is he going to be back for week three though? I don't he, even know if he's has Odell yeah. even done live contact yet. I'm not even sure he's done tackling drills. Yeah. So it's not like Odell's going to come out and play 60 snaps. Like I think it'll be like a 15, Probably 20 warm not, up yeah. a little thing. DK, what do you like? Are any of the Browns receivers worth picking up, or is it just like their tight ends will just get more of the receiving value? I mean, this is so tough because look, we we saw Anthony Schwartz in week one was kind of a surprise 
five target. I think he had three catches for 60 something yards. It was like a pretty solid day for him. And he came back out last week and, and had zero points. I don't know if I would trust <laughs> any of these guys. Like Donovan Peoples Jones was a big preseason hype guy. Like, you know, all the beat writers were talking about him. He was lighting it up in, in camp, all this stuff. And I, th- I saw this uh, on Twitter today. He's run like 85 routes or something and has like two targets this year. So I definitely don't trust either of these guys. Um, the tight end situation is so hard too because it's three guys. It's it's David Njoku, Austin Hooper, and Harrison Bryant. And any three of these guys could go off in any given week and it wouldn't surprise me, but I don't know which one to pick. I don't know which guy to lean on. I guess I lean Austin Hooper because he's like the de facto starter, but I think Njoku's actually looked better and more dynamic lately. All three of those tight ends have had a game already this year with over 40 yards, which is kind of yeah. crazy. There you <laughs> I go. think Odell and go. Jarvis... Being if they're both out for this game, I think that actually is better for like the Hooper and Njoku of the world yeah. than it is necessarily. I mean, Dalton. I would assume so. Yeah. Um, and then one final guy I think you just put on your guys' radar is Demetric Felton, rookie, who had a couple of catches and a big long touchdown this past week. He was another guy in the preseason that every time he touched the ball, he really reminds me of Tony Pollard. Yeah, stylistically, he's the same type of player, like a uh, running back who's also kind of a receiver. He was a receiver in college. And he has that eligibility on Yahoo. He is both. Yeah. Um, he's just, I don't know, man. He, he He's the type of guy who he fell to the sixth round because he did not test well in, in the combine and everything, but he was a good player for UCLA. He was very dynamic. He looked good at the Senior Bowl. He's one of the Senior Bowl standouts. In fact, he, I think he was voted by his opponents by defensive opponents as the player of the week at the senior bowl. So that's, I mean, he was like really good there and, you know, and he's looked really good in the preseason. He's dynamic. And he had, in his limited opportunity, he got, I think two catches this past week and he turned one of them into like a 30 something yard touchdown. So I don't know. He's another guy to keep in mind. I would definitely not start him this week, but you know, just a deeper. If he, yeah, if he earns more opportunities going forward, kind of like the Pollard type player, um, you know, that's just someone I have on your radar. The people who email us and are like, you don't cover 16 team leagues, that Felton's for you. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you uh, go. Okay. Also, Deontay Johnson, after Craig was like, he totally tore his ACL. Apparently, he's like, okay. He might not play this week, but he's it's not a serious injury. No, he tore it. Said. You think so? <laughs> he's going to do it. Who was that <laughs> NBA player who didn't have anyway. any ACLs? DeJuan Blair? Uh, who's the guy? Wasn't there? Wasn't Jay Ajayi? Didn't like Jay Ajayi have like no cartilage yeah. between his bones and his knees? He did or that too. But, uh, Deontay literally tears his ACL every week and recovers in five days and then plays. That man yeah. was agonizing in pain, writhing on the field, and he's fine? What happened then? <laughs> this happens like once a game, too. I, don't I get thought it. this happened in week one. I was like, sure. I was so sure. Oh, he's out. Yes. See, that's a season ender. He ran into a guy on like a crack block and like went down like a sack of doorknobs and was like holding his leg. And I was like, well, he's done. And then he came back like three plays later and it happened again last week. Don't take any offense to this, either of you, because when I see an injury, I'm like, I know the severity of that, like based on what I saw. When other people tell me what they think, I could not give less <laughs> of a shit. What like, oh, yeah. I saw it look bad. He's probably a this. I'm like, you have no idea. But I trust me, but nobody else unless they're a doctor. Have you not seen the play? No, I don't go seek out the injury plays. Absolutely not. What it high fits, what if we start? What if we start speaking in terms like it was the it was a high ankle the subluxation mechanism of the uh, the, the mechanism for a high ankle sprain mm-hmm. it was the um, subluxation What if I went and got my medical degree then would you trust me <laughs> I get my medical information from Twitter that's that's yeah. where, that's what God wanted me to do Okay so point is Deontay might not play this week but apparently he's all right 
Unbelievable. I mean, that's great news. Honestly, it's really great news because he's, I think, on track to be a wide receiver one. Well, again, so, great news. the only two dudes who've gotten a third of their receiving, like the team's receiving share each week is Deontay Johnson and Cooper Cup, which is And that's funny. really impressive for Deontay because he is doing it with a torn ACL every week. Every week. It's, <laughs> it's really amazing. All right. We're going to get to showdown time. You're not sure how this works. We barely know either, but it's okay. So we're going to go position by position, and we're going to give our favorite player that we want to add this week. But like waivers, only one person can get the guy. So if we both want the same guy at a position, we got to do a tiebreaker. For you guys, maybe it's waiver or fab. For us, it's trivia. We're going to go through trivia. Winner gets the guy. Loser has to tuck their tail between their legs and get someone else. So with that said, <laughs> can I just start preface this by saying this week was a lot more bleak than week one. <laughs> oh yeah, week one was like, wow, look at all these guys added. This one was like, jeez. I'm wondering if we're even going to have any showdown. I actually um, am wondering that. Too. Yeah, like this might just well, be a see. time, no showdown. So, should we do this at the same time, or like, you want to go one by one? No, we can just all say who our top running back is. Okay, I hate myself already. Three, two, one. Cordero Patterson. Yeah, Daryl Patterson. Me too. Oh, yeah. Okay. God so three way. All right. I hate myself. You know. Yeah. It was kind of close like it was more of like a default decision because i didn't like anything else it's not that i like loved Corderell, but i just kind of was like well there's nothing really else out there yeah i i was very very close to doing another guy on this um and also i had to go double check to make sure that the leagues even have him with like running back both. eligibility because i know that for my football league which is a big dynasty league uh like platform, I think they have him as a wide receiver, so he's definitely not like usable in that format mm -hmm. or not like as consistently. However, for people that are on that, by the way, I saw them tweet this in your individual leagues, you can change his eligibility yourself as the commissioner. So go do that. Oh. But he's a running back here nor on there. ESPN. He's a running back on Yahoo. He's he, he's both. running back slash receiver. Yeah, he's both on yeah Yahoo. okay. And to be clear, to my Mike Davis radicals, I am not giving up on Mike Davis, nor do I think <laughs> any of you should. This is a tough week. Good vote of confidence for, for Funk. Well, I am just saying Cordero, that... Cordero is basically just... He's like a J.D. McKissick or a James White, but just bigger. This is huge. his role. In the, he's the, yeah, he's, he's like the biggest third down back I've ever seen. He's the biggest pass. Those guys are usually yeah. small, like Austin yeah. Eckler's James White. He's just like chilling at like <laughs> And his jersey's always is. untucked, so he always just looks enormous. <laughs> he he's got like long bigger. hair. He looks so big. Yeah, he has that like laissez-faire swag. I like it. So yeah, how tall is he? Is 6'2", 220. It's large. Anyway, yeah, I just think big. he's worth the ad. So... Especially if anything happens to our beloved Mike Davis. So uh, let's, if it's unanimous, I don't think we have to expand upon this. Like he's, especially in PPR leagues, Patterson's worth an ad this week. He's only on like 8% of leagues, so he's around everywhere. Let's do showdown time. Winner, winner gets Cordero. Cordero? All right. All right. This is the, is it Cordero or Cordero? I was just wondering that. I say Cordero. I actually think you're right. I don't Whatever. Know. We'll figure that out. This is the Cordero Patterson showdown. All right, this is an email from Nick, and honestly, this is my favorite question we've gotten in quite some time. What is the current price of corn per bushel? Fuck. What's a bushel? I was wondering the same. I have no idea what a bushel <laughs> How is. How big it's is a really bushel? I don't know how big a bushel is. I assume it's, I don't know if it's per, per ears of corn. Are, are we saying like purchase price in terms of like, 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 well, US dollars. How much money is the current price of a bushel of corn? Like, in the I, I, am States I going directly to the farm? Yeah. Okay. Fa yeah. I I farm to yeah. table. I'm, By the way, well, I don't before know. we get you. into this, before we answer, what I'm seeing on the internet, but that's always dubious at best, it's Cordero Patterson. Okay. So I was right. Sick. I think I should get him for the trivia. So 
Now we're talking a bushel of corn. How much does a bushel of a corn bushel is, Which is a huge problem for this. Do you guys all want to look up what a bushel of corn is? Are we allowed to look up the bushel? No, no, no. This no, is, we have I think that guess. makes it... The, right. We have to know this. Okay. It's trivia. Come on. Uh, make peace with your God. Figure out your number. And when you guys are ready, I'm going <laughs> to count down from three. <laughs> I could be so wrong. I just wish I knew what a bushel was. Yeah. Okay. You, you guys ready? Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah. Three, two, one. $4.75. Bucks. You said four seventy five. I said a hundred. You said what, DK? I said twenty. All right. Let's see. I, I, how much is a bushel? <laughs> God, we gotta see. <laughs> I don't even. A bushel could be like an entire truckload. I, I don't know why know. in my head it's I like, imagined it was like seven. <laughs> oh, like man. a little bushel. It's like shit. Oh, is that right? It's like five bucks. Yes. Uh, damn it. Oh, uh, how much is a? I'm googling this. How much? How much is a bushel? Oh, that's huge. I need to remember this. Who is the senator from Iowa? Um, yeah. Uh, Joni something and she got the price of soybeans wrong and everyone was like how dare you not know the price of soybeans in Iowa one bushel of corn is equal to 56 pounds so 56 pounds of corn costs five dollars that can't be correct <laughs> that's a lot of that's corn no way we just got that what a right. deal I gotta get it a hold on hold on hold on we just there's no way that's correct <laughs> wait who did the person who send you this trivia send you an answer yeah they did I'm looking live right now at the price of corn in, in if you google it it says a, a corn price of five dollars and seventy cents per bushel that is, it says okay. $5. If anyone knows more about corn per, per bushel prices than us, please email ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Jeez, these grocery stores are running a damn racket. This I is, know. no, this, this is, is like actually in line because the soybean thing is also, that looks right. And, you know, I'm an extensive history of buying soybeans by the bushel. All right. Anyway, <laughs> I think, so who got that right? I Craig said 475. Right? I absolutely nailed that's it. Really close. You, that's like an actual bid. <laughs> Wait, what was the actual answer? Like five five oh seven. Ah, it's like shit. a real bid. I'm also on a bid website. That's incredible. Hell yeah, great start, hot start. Okay, you All get right, Cordero so Patterson, Cordero, Cordero Patterson. Damn it, DK. Who's your next? What you were closer, so you get the next. Your next pick at running back. So I'm going with JD McKissick mm. from Washington Football Team. So he's 29 percent on Yahoo uh, rostered. You know, it's one of those things where it's tough to know if he's if this was just an outlier one-off game where he was really heavily utilized in the passing game, or if it was more an, a referendum on how the team feels about him going forward. Because look at, I mean, last year he had he led all running backs in targets. He had 110 targets. They clearly liked him enough to give him those targets. Um, you know, this year it was supposed to be Antonio Gibson sort of transitioning and and leveling up and becoming the guy that we all like want him to be which is a like more close to a three down guy. He was a receiver in college. That was a big thing everyone's talking about. He's a receiver in college and now they don't use him in the passing game. But I think the thing that people forget or maybe they just don't want to remember this is that JD McKissick was also a receiver in college and he's also very good in the passing game. Um he's like an effective route runner. He he runs vertical routes. I don't know. I kind of just think McKissick is good and they realize this and they just want to continue to use him sort of in this role. So there's always a chance that McKissick gets completely phased out again as he was in week one and it's just like you're never going to see him again. But I think it's worth picking him up because down the stretch, I mean, he was like a he was like a running back one in PPR because if he was getting so many targets, it's worth the risk. It's worth the gamble. Go grab him now in case that usage starts picking up again um, and they start using him, especially now with... Taylor Heineke taking over. This isn't the Ryan Fitzpatrick show anymore, at least not for the next like eight weeks. And so maybe this means there's going to be more check downs. Maybe they're going to be more conservative on offense. Maybe it just means JD McKissick is going to have a much bigger role than we thought. 
So, um, you know, he had, I think, 20 points PPR last week. And this was like in line with what he did towards the end of last year. And maybe this is just who he is. Yeah, you have to wonder if it's, I was just going to say, I think it's the Taylor Heineke thing. Uh, you know, maybe maybe they're giving him a security blanket and, you know, he's a little bit more comfortable having a dump off and Fitzpatrick is such, you know, a downfield vertical guy that maybe it didn't make as much sense in that offensive scheme. And now it does with with Taylor Heineke. McKissick played 43% of the snaps in week two. He played 36% in week one. It's not a huge difference, but it's the amount of routes he ran and how much they actually threw to him. Okay, yeah. so you got Cordell Patterson, Craig, DK yeah. taking J.D. McKissick. As I look at my other options, I'm just thinking, I cannot believe I thought a bushel of corn was $100. <laughs> Like Lucille Bluth. I'm I just, just feel like, like everything, agri- all these like agricultural, like vegetables, fruits, they're all dirt cheap. What were you picturing? I was picturing like like a pallet's coming off a truck. I had a truck in my mind of like how many bushels are in a truck and I was uh, off. I was thinking like a basket, like a small wooden basket yeah. of corn. Okay. <laughs> to get to the farmer's market. Um, um, yeah. Okay. Anyway. So I'm between, I'm going to give two guys because they're very different. One is just Alexander Madison from the Vikings because mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook got banged up twice in the same game and like I don't know throwing Alex Madison like why not he's a top 20 running back minimum yeah, every it's worth week it. yeah, it's just it's not rocket science just like if, if you're at all worried about Dalvin Cook like throw him in but if if you don't want someone to just wait for someone to get injured and the bad karma associated with that Ty Johnson for the Jets not rostered in a lot of leagues he's like the primary guy this is like not a three-headed monster so much with Ty Johnson monsters maybe the wrong word but Ty Johnson Tevin Coleman and uh, Michael Carter. Tevin Coleman's not really a thing. Ty Johnson's the receiving back. And I don't know if you guys saw this Jets game. I think there's going to be one lesson for Zach Wilson, which is check the ball down. <laughs> I think that Ty Johnson is playing. I think Ty Johnson is almost twice as many third down snaps as the other two dudes combined. Like he's the pass catching guy. They're going to have to check down more at the Jets. So it's kind of just a little speculative on like Zach Wilson's going to have to throw mortars running back. So yeah, uh, so with, with Carter, I, I think both of those guys, if Carter's out in your league, it's worth picking him up right now. He's fifty percent rostered on Yahoo, so that's probably it's it's a maybe for for a lot of people's leagues. But we start out the season. This is a three headed monster. It looks like Tevin Coleman's out of the picture. At least it was he was this last week. So that's good. Two two guys you can deal with. And this is like, you know, this is the reality of fantasy football now. There's always going to be like for most teams, there's two guys they have to deal with. Um, three is really tough. What do we so call that, it three headed monster? But it's a team like the Jets where it's like not very scary. Three-headed puppy? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, puppies are cute. You love looking at puppies. It's still ugly to look at. It's just not scary. It's just off-putting. Um, one other guy I want to add here. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's right, because it's running the other direction. I hope it doesn't stink on you. Okay. so uh, One guy we didn't mention, I thought that we'd throw out again. We might have mentioned him last week, but Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah, he was second Eagles. on my list. Yeah, he's 36% rostered in Yahoo. He has a clear and defined role as the pass catching down or pass catching back in this offense. They played the 49ers this week. It was they it was really rough sailing for them. Um but going forward against not as good of defenses, they could really get him more involved and you know, he's looked really dynamic honestly. He's like very elusive in space and I think they're going to continue to use him in the offense. So, he's he's worth a guy. He's like a flex option if you're really desperate. Yeah, he's getting like 8 to 10 touches a game, and Boston Scott hasn't touched the ball once this season. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. 
Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. All right, let's get to receiver. So I, Craig gets Cordero Patterson, Cordero. DK gets, I already forgot. Uh, I have JD McKissick. JD McKissick. And I'm, I would probably take Madison, but I also get what you're saying about Gainwell and them. I just yeah. don't like Dalvin Cook up banged up twice in the same game. Okay, wide receiver. DK, who's your number one receiver waiver pick for this week? Uh, Rondale Moore from the Cardinals. Yes, yeah, same. Did same. we all pick this? Okay. <laughs> just remember, one of us said that to do that last week. Just want to throw it out. and was kind of made fun of, but it's fine. Uh, all right. Trivia question. Wait, oh, wait. Yeah, sorry. I stepped on you, Craig. This is the Rondale Moore showdown. <laughs> that was so different than your other ones. <laughs> just, you got to keep it. Got to keep people guessing. This is from your workshop. It's from it Nelson. Still. What's the combined value of the 10 most expensive Tom Brady football cards ever sold? Oh, my God. <sighs> we got to get the sports card nonsense guys out yeah. here. <laughs> I know we this. do. Um, the 10 most expensive Tom Brady football cards ever sold. Combined value. Okay. All right. How long do you guys need? The combination of all 10 of them together. Is yes. that right? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm going to sound so stupid. I don't know anything about cards. Okay. Three, two, one, ten, ten million. million. Five million. <laughs> I said ten. You said ten, DK. Yeah, I said two point five million. I'll go ten million one. I'll go ten million one. Okay, there I'll you go. I'll go ten million one dollars. The answer is do 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 Can't be that much, can it? People aren't that crazy. People are crazy. Eleven million three hundred thousand dollars. Oh, wow! Wow! Holy cow! Uh, 11 million? Does, I guess that does make sense. I think it makes sense. I would, I I would really like to know which which one is the most expensive. I went up a lot because like the cards boomed just as Brady became like this unassailable goat guy. And I just feel like, I don't know. That's just, okay. Unassailable goat guy. All right. Big so goat means guy. So I get Rondell Moore, Rondell Moore. Who I already had for oh, week, fuck. So fine. That's a big one. Because I think it is. he's there really going to no ball out. other guys that was like, oh yeah, thank God I got this guy left. <laughs> All right. So uh, DK, you were closest. So you get Damn second it. pick. Which I don't know how valuable that is. Hmm. I think there's a lot of decent guys out there still. I'm going to go with Tim Patrick. I know that we talked about him last week, but he's still only rostered in 22% of leagues. He had almost identical lines in week one and week two. 13 points in week two. Or sorry, in week one. 12 points in week two. Um, just, he's one of the top guys in the passing offense. Obviously, Cortland Sutton balled out this week, but he's still going to be around. I think he's playing in all the um, two receiver sets that they do, so he's definitely a starter for them. He's been good. Like, he's just a good player. I think that you can definitely bank on that going forward. Um, and Teddy Bridgewater has been really solid, too. So, um, I think he's just one of those guys who, you know, he's going to be a red zone target. He's going to get touchdowns here and there. Um, he's going to get his targets. He's going to be relatively consistent. I don't think his ceiling is super high, but his floor is okay. Craig, you're shaking your head at Tim Patrick. No, no. I love Tim Patrick. Do not confuse that. Love Timmy. Timmy P. Discount we got to make his name more interesting. <laughs> Timmy P. Uh, but who else we got, Craig? Because there's actually a few guys on here I think that are worth grabbing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right here. So <laughs> I have two guys I'm deciding between that I honestly both kind of like. So for this week, if I'm picking a guy to start in week three, I'm going to take Christian Kirk. He's 25% owned in ESPN. Really? Uh, yeah. I'm surprised he's not more. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, my really was like he's that low. I didn't think that was possible. They're playing the Jags this week. He had 65. I mean, he's not 
He's kind of like Rondell Moore. He's playing more snaps than Rondell Moore. He's maybe not as explosive, but he had five targets in week one, four in week two, 70 yards in week one, 65 in week two. Like he's right there. I want a piece of the Kyler offense. Feels like any one of his scrambles could end up with any one of these guys. And I think Kirk is worth it. The other guy that I'm close to mentioning was Elijah Moore. Um, yeah. Who ran the most routes for the Jets against New England this weekend. And, you know, they've had a tough draw. Their first two weeks, they played Carolina, who's now looking like a, a much sounder defense than we thought. And then they played New England. But the four of their next five games, they play Tennessee, they play Atlanta, they play Cincy, Indianapolis. They have Denver this week. That's why I didn't like him for week three. But after that, it eases up a bit. And, you know, maybe Zach Wilson will kind of progress a little bit. I do like Elijah more a little bit more long-term. But mm -hmm. this week, I'll, I'll stick with Christian Kirk. Yeah. I think those make sense. I like sense. all that. like all that. The only other one I throw out is Donovan Peoples-Jones for the Browns, who... We'll we'll see if Odell and Jarvis even play, but that is one intriguing one. The other one I just want to throw out is someone I don't know if I like, but if you sort by like points from last week, we'll be first, which is KJ Osborne for the Vikings. Yeah, he's had two mm -hmm. really good weeks, and if you just do, I think most people just sort by who had the most points last week, and you look at those dudes. My like the Vikings have been looking for a third receiver for like legit like six years and haven't had one, and this is probably the best two game stretch they've stretch they've had from a third receiver in six years. However. KJ Osborne basically took the first play of the game for a 60 yard touchdown. And I feel like that's like the Vikings just saw something on film and like, we're like, I wonder if we could do that on the first play and it worked. And like, that's not like a role. That's just like a play. You know what I mean? So like, I don't necessarily think that that's going to happen again. And I would actually stay away from KJ Osborne. Maybe he'll look me, make me look really stupid, but I would not chase that opportunity unless you guys disagree. I'm curious. Well, I kind of like him. So here's the deal. I mean, I, I agree with you on on one hand that I'm not, I don't necessarily believe this guy's going to turn into like a fantasy star. I mean, he scored 14.6 PPR week one and then 20.1 last week. So, I mean, that's extremely solid start for this guy that literally no one had on the radar coming into the season. Um, that being said, like the usage and the the style of play, the style of uh, football that the Vikings are playing right now actually could be conducive to this being a thing. Like this might be a thing. Um, he's running a ton of routes. He's he's on the field a lot. He's got 15 targets in two games. Like that's not just, oh yeah, we, we saw something on tape and we're going to throw this one play to him. He has 15 targets in two weeks. Um, and the big deal is, and this is the key thing really, is the Vikings are playing in 11 personnel primarily this year after being a heavy two tight end set team last year, meaning most of the time they had two two receivers on the field. And that really obviously restricts the value of the third receiver in this offense. Last year it was Thielen and Jefferson. This year they're running primarily 11 personnel, which means all three of those guys are getting opportunities. And they've been playing from behind so much. They've just having, and I, you guys remember, I talked about this uh, in the pre in the off season sometime, like Kirk cousins is really his numbers when they're trailing and having to like yeah. come from behind is really, are, are really strong throughout his career. And I mean, that's really borne out this year, like with the Vikings in these shootout type games, trailing, trying to come back or whatever, back and forth games. Um, Kirk cousins is having to throw the ball quite a bit. And, you know, it's obviously slightly dented, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen's upside because it's not just a two-man show anymore. Um, but with the situation that the Vikings have at, at tight end, which is they don't have any good tight ends, um, KJ Osborne has been the be beneficiary. He's essentially turned into like the tight end in this offense or whatever because he's running out of slot, I think, mostly. And, um, you know, he's a fifth-round pick for them last year. It wasn't like he came out of necessarily nowhere. Uh, so I don't know. I'm just kind of intrigued by this. I, I'm, I'm kind of with you, though. It's like I'm not like banking on him being the star or anything. 
But I do think he's worth an ad in case this just kind of continues and the Vikings continue having to play this way. Kirk Cousins has 600 yards, five touchdowns, and no picks this year. <laughs> yeah. Cousins is the most underrated freaking quarterback, I swear. Him and Derek Carr. Yeah. He scored 22 and 25 weeks one and two. There you go. We can just do a brief interlude for quarterback streaming. It's basically those two dudes, right? It's Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins. Daniel Jones, baby. Oh, Daniel Jones. Yeah, go ahead. Would you rather have no, Jones for- or Derek Carr? Mr. Derek Carr leading the NFL in passing yardage. Uh, that's tough because Daniel Jones is sneaky rushing upside. He's like maybe one of the best rushing quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm not saying that to be like a hot take. Like he's actually really good at running. Um, and Hyvis, you went to the game on Thursday. He had didn't he have like a touchdown that got called back plus another big long run? I think was it? Uh, Seth, I don't remember if it was Seth Galina or Nate Tice. Someone pointed out that Daniel Jones was. Not athletic enough for teams to game plan against, but just athletic enough to run the zone read. So he's in the <laughs> yeah. exact point where he falls in the cracks of game planning. So that it's like, how does Daniel Jones consistently have like 70 yards or like every now and then have like 50 or 60 yards rushing and a touchdown on a zone read? It's like, that's why. He's like the guy that has like two knee braces and, and goggles who shows up at the 100%. Y doing pick up basketball and then just fucking tomahawk dunks it on you. And you're like, what the fuck is this guy? Why does he have this perfect <laughs> sky hook in the post game? Like who saw that? <laughs> yeah. Um, That's really funny. Wow. By the way, one other guy I want to add before we move on from, from receivers. And I, this is, I'm more in the, like, I don't believe this thing because I actually am sort of still high on uh, Elijah Moore, but Braxton Berrios quietly has a 30% target rate. Oh which my, is like do top, not give me target eight. rate when Zach, how he many had throws? 11 targets, high fits. Do you, are we supposed to just completely ignore that? Well, 11 How many throws did Zach, so Zach Wilson had 33 throws? Apparently. Do you want to just ignore he that? Did. He has 18 targets in two games. Wow, does he really? Holy shit. It would be like malpractice for us to just not bring him up. I'm not going to lie. I, I, don't I, think- checked out on the, I checked out on the Jets box <laughs> score when it was like four picks and five completions. That's when I checked out. Yeah, I mean, when the Patriots fair. had a 40% target rate on the Jets, that's when I just kind of like backed out of the Jets box score. It's pretty gross to think about like picking up a player in the Jets passing offense after Zach Wilson throws four, uh, four interceptions. I think he had, like he had two picks before he had any completions. Um but I mean, I, you can't ignore it. Honestly, 11, 11 targets, 7 catches, 73 yards is fast. Okay, week. so Craig had Elijah Moore before. Like you, we we get people of Corey Davis, we can't really convince people to have three people in the Jets passing game on the team. So, would you take Braxton Barrios or Elijah Moore? I'm taking Elijah Moore over Barrios, but I'm just saying we have to mention him. All right, for the 16 team people. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there you go. The 16 team guys. So I got Rondale Moore. All right, we just mentioned a bunch of receivers. I took Tim Patrick. Okay. I think and I we took all, Christian Kirk. Yeah, all those guys, Osborne. all those guys are in the same pool of like, ugh, it's kind of like, uh, you're just kind of hoping. All right, let's get to tight end. All right. Now it gets now rough. It's, now it's like, oh my God, this is, this is, this is gross. If you have like a name for what this tight end sh- segment should be, just email the ringer fantasy football gmail.com. I just, <laughs> it is just the worst feeling. If, if you have what's Darren like Waller, a ne- what's Kelsey, like a very negative connotation term for streaming? Yeah, yeah, we, we need Think that. Of that. Okay, I uh, I was I have a, Evan Ingram as my top tight end yeah. for this week. Dang it, I was I was thinking I was gonna be all sneaky and have, have this one too? too because yeah. What about you, Craig? I have Hunter Henry. Okay, so I think DK and I have probably the same thought process, which is. Let's just not do the whole which of these random dudes will play well. And like, let's just pick a guy who has talent and is hurt and coming back with 10 days rest. 
That was it. Yeah, and he had like, didn't he have a hundred targets last year? <laughs> I mean, this is a guy that could be a focal point of the, in, in his team's offense in theory. You know, there's definitely question marks whether he's good or as good as like he want people wanted him to be early in his career. He's a first round pick. He ran a four four. People want him to be the superstar guy. Kept getting hurt. Every time he started to pick up momentum, kept getting hurt. Last year, it was the drops that really hurt him. Um, but, I mean, he had a lot of hype in the preseason. The beat reporters were very excited about like what he was doing. And you know, as we've seen in the Giants' offense so far, other than Sterling Shepard, it's a lot of question marks. Like, Galladay hasn't been really on the same they page. Don't chemistry, yeah, they don't have chemistry. Daniel Jones and Galladay. Yeah. By the way, I just saw this tweet uh, today that said, Galladay said he was actually yelling at Jason Garrett, not Daniel Jones, which oh, actually makes a lot of sense. Thank God for the <laughs> clarification, Kenny. You think that's <laughs> I mean, real? I you think Jason Garrett said that. to say that? I'm just, oh my God. If that's true, I like Galladay more now. I was going to say, I love, I'm going to get a Galladay jersey right now. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, I'm basically with you, DK. It's just like, I don't want to play this tight end roulette wheel and I look at Ingram yeah. as like my ticket off this boat each week. Craig, why Hunter Henry? I had Evan Ingram second. I'm just a little, I'm still worried about a guy I coming back from a calf injury and a Giants offense with like a million guys. I, yeah, don't know. I chose too. Hunter Henry. Again, this is like a desert of options, but he's had seven targets through two weeks. And I'm like, okay, that's three one week for the other. <laughs> like, I guess I'll take that. Look, in the desert, none of the water's like clean. But he plays a ton of snaps. He he plays he played 80% of snaps in week two. John o. Smith only played 49%, and they both played 70% in week one. So he's on the field for three-fourths of the time, which makes me feel good. And he ran almost double the passing routes that John o. Smith ran. I think that there's still a chance that one of these guys by the end of the year is like a top 12, 15 option. And, you know, perhaps it's getting started. They're moving slowly. They spent a lot of money on both these guys. They're both very talented. From talent perspective, Jonu and Hunter Henry are by far the best two guys on the waiver wire. I guess Jonu's not there, but Hunter Henry definitely is. So I guess I'm just hoping that this is the week that his targets kind of jump from the 3-4 range to like the 6-7 range. Okay. So, Craig, you get Hunter Henry. Uh, give us a showdown time for Evan Ingram. I can't believe I'm fighting over Evan okay. Ingram. This is like the worst moment of my week. <laughs> I'm actually kind of excited about it, Evan Ingram. So. I also, I got to tell you guys right now, I actually don't have a third tight end listed after Hunter Henry and Evan Ingram. I have no plan. I will have to list live search for a tight end if I lose this. I can help. I you have out. a couple of backup options yeah. I can help with. All right, it's time for the Evan Ingram showdown. Okay, this question comes from Nelson. 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 How many species of Pokemon are there? Oh, come uh, on. This is something uh, I should be able to kick DK's ass, but I never did Pokemon. I was never a Pokemon Yeah, I definitely guy. never did Pokemon. There was a, a very short-lived, it feels like, craze of Pokemon Go amongst my friends. Uh, did you guys do mm. that? I did no, not. I don't go outside. Was that like an exercising thing where you go like search for Pokemon? I don't <laughs> actually know how it works. And a bunch of people died because they were like getting in car crashes and stuff. Yeah, it was like the Geo... It was thing. like you just chase the panther's a... augmented reality panther around until you find. <laughs> oh right, you know, okay. hunts you. Uh, so there's I, there's multiple species of Pokemon. That's something that Correct. we've established. <laughs> yes. um, all right. So do you want to say it at uh, the same yeah, time? So wait, hold on. I don't know if this makes a difference, but the article that was linked as the source for this answer. So this is this is based on the national. Pokedex. That works for me as an authority <laughs> on this topic. I will roll with that for right now. All right. So three, two, one, five hundred. Okay. What did you say? Hi I said one forty. Hyphens went five hundred. There are eight hundred and ninety-eight. Oh Damn God. it! Wow. 
thought 500 would might be embarrassingly high. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Wow. All right. All right. Good to Evan know. Anger, PK, how many can you name? I wonder what Pokemon Evan Ingram would I mean, is Pikachu a species or the name of a Pokemon? Uh, I believe both. Well, that's the only one I can name. It's the only one? Yeah, I don't know. What are the other ones? I'm not even a Pokemon guy. What about Squirtle? I'm so bad at Charizard? Smash that like my friends would always give me Pikachu two. or Kirby because those are the guys who have like one big move you can just do without really knowing how to like move the guy around. Are, are you bad at Smash? I'm terrible at Smash. Like I have to play Kirby because you can just take other people's powers and you're like you're annoying if you only know like one move. And then Pikachu just do the lightning and like you can just kind of annoy people enough. Like I'll never win, but the other guys are too complicated to play. I, I'm bad at Smash. Can I say this? I'm not, I don't really play a ton of video games. However, I have played more Super Smash Bros. than I think anybody on the planet. That's <laughs> such a, there's no way. Do you know, that's like the most popular dorm room game. That's such a bold. I am so good at Smash. Who's your favorite? I haven't played in a while. Smash, in first day. of all. This was always the best one's Melee, GameCube. Unequivocally, okay. it's GameCube Melee, obviously. And then the Wii Brawl is fine. The, the original, I had a 64 in my dorm, so we played the original Smash Bros. That was pretty fun. And then there's like the new, new one on the Wii On your U, home turf, whatever, but the GameCube, who's your character? You say you don't game a lot. You definitely sound like a it's, gamer. I just played, me and my buddy, by definition, if you're like, I've platforms. played more of this video game than anyone else, <laughs> then by definition, you're a gamer. I don't know if that's fine. a different way uh, to put it. It's the only thing I've played. I haven't played in a while, but my best characters are Samus or Fox. Fox, yeah. Okay. There we go. My friends always like did Link and Fox. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give you a couple more tight ends um, that I think are potentially worth adding here. I mean, Jared Cook is borderline addable at, at this point. Uh, he, he might be on rosters, forty three percent of rosters right now on Yahoo. But um, first week he had eight targets, five catches, fifty six yards. Last week, three catches, twenty eight yards. He only had five point eight points, but he did have a touchdown. Called yeah, back yeah, he was gonna have a touchdown, and that was a um, stupid on a penalty. really terrible like procedural. It was call. really dumb. It was like it was a really illegal formation or something ridiculous. And so, um, I, he's still being utilized like in a solid way. I think he's one of the guys that is in that. We talked about it last night. It's like in that group of, of twelve different tight ends that like could have a touchdown every week. Um, and you just hope to like roll the dice and get this guy, but yeah, he's Jared solid. Cook, yeah, he is Jared solid. Cook is I do like can him. You, people please email us at ringerfantasyfootball@gmail.com. Like, what kind? Like, can you compare different tight ends to Pokemon? Because I feel like that's a really worse <laughs> Smash characters. I feel like that's a really you know rich, what? 
genre. I wanted to, when I was just getting started at The Ringer, I had the idea of writing an article that compared fantasy football players to Super Smash Bros. characters. Yeah, set, and, a, uh, set of Smash characters. I feel more... Sammy Watkins was the Ice Climbers, and I compared his... Ha- <laughs> Because his, I compared his <laughs> hamstring to the partner, where you need both, but if you lose one, he's completely useless, and you always do. That's uh, incredible. Anyway, that that's a niche joke wow. for those out there. <laughs> yeah, my eyes are glossing over. Can I can I toss out one other like deeper tight end? Yeah, I swear I'm not being a homer. I think Pat Fryermuth is kind of yes. good. Yeah, he I looks spry. Like this one. Yeah, he he's had four good, catches dude. last week. Eric Ebron had zero targets, and and he's getting outsnapped by Fryermuth. Like Fryermuth, like I think just like is the receiving tight end for Pittsburgh, and like by the end of the year, could be like doing Heath Miller things, like five catches, sixty yards, or something yeah. like that. Especially with the health of Deontay Johnson going in and out every week. Like I kind of like Fryermuth. It's like a that's another you you sixteen teamers out there, go grab him. Do you remember him catching multiple touchdown passes, like difficult, high degree of difficulty passes in the end zone during preseason from Ben Roethlisberger, I believe. So he yeah, good. he. I mean, he's a good player. Second rounder. There's some people that were thinking he was going to be a first rounder. He's like a legit talent. So I like this one a lot. The other guy I want to throw out real quick, and I don't really believe this strongly, but it just, I want a piece of this offense is Dawson Knox from Buffalo. Um, he's now got, in two games, he has seven targets, six catches, <laughs> This um, is so sad. This is this what we're segment. dealing with. This is what we're <laughs> dealing with. Targets in two games. I mean, eight. So eight PPR and then nine point seven PPR. That's not a zero. So no, it's just. I'm just saying. It, this is the state of the tight end position. All right. So I took Hunter Henry. D- Heifetz won the showdown and got Evan Ingram. DK, who did you end up taking? I'll go with Jared Cook. Okay. The ice climbers is Watkins is funny. Emails. That's funny. Okay. Quarterback, we discussed this. I don't think we need to. Derek Carr leads the NFL in passing yards. Like he, he could be a streamer. And I don't maybe not for this week. You could add him. Uh well, and then Kirk Cousins, right? And then obviously Adam Fields. I think those are if you're looking at quarterback for this week or in the future weeks, Fields, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins. Defense. Yeah. I think the obvious defense this week is the Panthers, man. The Texans, like they look good. Like, like I know that like it's now two weeks where the Texans look competent, but part of that's because Tyra Taylor like was really has always taken care of the football. I doubt he plays. Davis Mills. Bless his heart, is not ready for what's coming to him. Carolina's defense is good. I mean, also, I think they're the only fantasy defense, Carolina, that has double-digit points in back-to-back weeks. Their defensive <laughs> line's better. The secondary's better. Like, Panthers are an easy number one for me this week. Also, I think, you know, Buffalo, if you can get Buffalo, they're playing Washington with Heineke. They had a good week, obviously, against Miami. And ones that are more widely available, the Raiders against Miami, if Jacoby Brissett, is playing instead of Tua. The Raiders defense is like odd. Like they can finally rush the passer. So like, yeah, that's one that's out Max there. Max Crosby. Speaking of Dos Equis, wait, he might not have two. He's a two X guy. Remember. What I really <laughs> want is a triple X guy. Like, like the Vin Diesel movie. <laughs> right. Max Crosby does have two X's. Double X. Oh, wow. Dos Equis, do- baby. We got two Dos Equises. Quad Equis. We have Dos, Dos Equis. Quattro Keys. That's incredible. Why do you say, you say Dos Equis? Yeah, Dos Equis. Dos Equis. Oh wow! Yes. I don't know if that's because I'm from New York. I just not speaking Spanish well. Wait, what? Is, what, what are you wondering about? Like He's saying dos equis is. It's just dos equis. No, Hyphen says dos equis. Dos equis. We say dos equis. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna grade him on his Spanish pronunciation because I'm sure I would butcher it. But that's all right. We'll figure out which one of these guys is more interesting. Which one of the maxes with the two X's is like the more interesting max in the NFL. <laughs> Anyway, point is, I would stream the Panthers defense against the Texans on Thursday Night Football. If you can't get them, the Raiders against Miami. And deep, deep, deep cut, 
this is a kind of like a galaxy brain wreck, but if you've got nothing else going on, the Titans, whose defense has been awful, but if the Colts don't have Wentz, and if Jacob Eason oh, is Jacob the Eason. starting quarterback for the Colts against the Titans, I don't care about the Titans' defenses. That's a good one. So there's That's your break glass in case of emergency. So let's say that you just need a flex. doesn't matter the position. Out of all the guys we've named today, who are you spending the most amount of money on? Like, who is the shoe-in, bid a decent amount of money player? Is for it Cornell? No, for me, it's Rondell, Rondell Moore. Yeah, yeah. He's the number one priority for me. More Patterson, I mean, the fuckers are playing the Giants this week. If you really had to play him this week, you probably could. I don't think you have to, though. We're not even in bye weeks yet. I don't think anyone's really at the point where you have to play these dudes yet. I think we're still a week out from like, I need to plug and play this person immediately. But yeah, I think Rondale is just is, is so electric on the field. I think he's the only guy in this list that you're like, holy crap, that guy is incredible. Like if you don't yeah. know who he is and you're watching, like you're asking, who is that dude? Yeah. All right. You're still buying low because he's going to, he's still only playing like 40, 50% of the snaps. Um, and if they expand his role, and I, I, I say if, but I, I bet you it's when they expand his role, he could just go off. So it's going to be fun. All right. That's all we got. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you to Nelson and Nick for the trivia questions. And of course, thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, the Beatles. You've definitely done DK. that. No, I haven't. They're too generic. Maybe I have. Is it okay that I'm like disappointed? Like that's kind of a disappointing I did th- I w- I did that one because I thought it would be funny because it's like the most generic band you can literally think of. Yeah, it's funny. Everyone's laughing. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. I found I Tyson's email. Assholes. You have not done the Beatles according I told to Tyson's you. Wow, you've not done you. the Beatles. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. What's your favorite Beatles song? I don't know. Okay, cool. I don't have any. Hey Jude, I guess. <laughs> By the way, did you have you ever seen there's this hilarious uh like tweet online of the guy who it, it realizes that Beatles is a pun. Yeah. Like it is B E A T L E S. And he just like drops his coffee cup and his life flashes <laughs> before his eyes. <laughs> it's like the guy it's, in usual suspects when he figures out Kevin Spacey, he drops. I the, actually did. Not. I, yeah, I am learning this right now in real time. I had no idea that was a pun. Stop. Yeah. I had no idea. What? I literally learned this. Right. Are you serious? I, I, B E A. Yeah, B E A. It's the worst. Yeah. I didn't realize. Doesn't it why. make you completely rethink your opinion? I didn't think Beatles. about why until like right now. <laughs> you know what's funny is it's actually kind of it's kind of lame. It's extremely lame. <laughs> well, it's lame now. Where did they come pun. up with the name? Like sixty years ago, when they were in sixth grade. I feel like puns, like punny names, weren't really a thing back then, or as much as they are now. Like now, everyone's just trying to make memes twenty four seven. Them going the Beatles. I guess it's perhaps progressive, but it's just kind of lame. You're like, oh, cool. I get it. Yes. I actually Beatles. never it's thought like a about dad joke. why they were spelled that way. <laughs> I kind of can't believe that, that. I'll retweet it today, Heifetz, so you can watch this. I'm sorry because I can't remember the name of the guy. Who yeah, I am it, definitely but, the guy. Uh, it's at the, freaking I'm the usual suspects guy dropping like the Kobe Ashi coffee mug. That's literally me. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everyone. My head's spinning.